Hi, Steve Cooper, Rank Success, and welcome to another Rank Success podcast. And today's podcast is around changes to police promotion processes. Now, some of you may uh, have already listened to some of my previous podcasts or looked at my blogs uh, or had a look at the downloadable digital toolkits uh, that you may be in possession of, in which I talk about the changes that happen uh, to promotion processes and just when you feel as though you know you've just passed the exam you're starting to get your bearings you're starting to think about aspiring to promotion you're forced to go and change it all or nationally the system changes now I've been blogging about this kind of uh, stuff for a long time now and I think one of the earliest blogs I ever wrote was called promotion guinea pigs and that was all about you know police officers aspiring officers looking to get promoted, certainly to sergeant, inspector, and having to face the current process. Uh, And that's all you can do really, is is tackle the current process in place. Now, lots of people do, um, I say this tongue in cheek, you know, whinge, whine, moan and complain about promotion processes. It was ever thus. And uh, I remember, you know, a long time ago when I was, an aspiring officer, aspiring to promotion as a sergeant. I always remember, you know, people saying, well, the promotion system's not fit for purpose. It's rubbish. Um, it doesn't get the right people. Uh, the leaders it does get are the wrong kind of people. And, and that's kind of like a side conversation. It's always going on all the time. This today, this blog, or this podcast, sorry, today is around me just sharing some food for thought in relation to a communication and a conversation I've had recently with someone who's aspiring to promotion, who's a a bit surprised, um, demoralised, disincentivised, I suppose, by what I just described, which is therefore changing the promotion selection process that they thought they were going to face, but now it's all, you know, about face, all change, uh, uh, or what I call uh, plus ça change. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I said I've been doing this for a while now, so I can look back over the last decade and say, well, look, I remember things like the integrated competency framework, you know, the policing professional framework, the metropolitan leadership framework, the metropolitan professional framework, and now, of course, the competency and values framework. So when I say plus à change, I mean, well, you know, what's coming along next? The current show in town, the current assessment process or framework is the competency and values framework. And so therefore, most um, UK promotion selection processes are based around that uh, framework which is published by the College of Policing and you can go onto the College of Policing's website and see that for yourself. You'll often get given that guidance, I think it's about 18 pages, you'll get given that guidance around the competencies upon which you will be assessed and those competencies can be tested or assessed in a variety of different ways and they are so i've written a blog previously called the postcode lottery of police promotion processes i think it was a double blog which just shed some light uh, if you're someone who's stepping out or aspiring towards promotion uh, or you're going for your second promotion perhaps to inspector or you're trying the process again go and have a look at that and you'll see that actually 
you know, promotion guinea pigs is exactly uh, what you are. Uh, and in that respect, I mean that forces are always trying to find what I call the holy grail. And you might find that in some of the interviews I've had with senior officers, I actually ask them the question, you know, what's the holy grail of promotion uh, selection processes? Because, you know, there's lots of, 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 of cops out there who have got through processes or who can't get through processes or just have a view that whatever policing chooses to do, it isn't right. And either you should include something from the military or you should do something different to what you're doing. And everybody can point at what isn't right and what won't work but very few people actually have any constructive suggestions as to what does work uh, or what can work so from my perspective having d been doing this as i've said for you know the best part of a decade and a bit longer than that as a serving officer as a, a ds and a di i have a view i have an opinion on these things and you're welcome to kindly listen to them and perhaps see if you can pick up any insights or just say well no no you're talking tosh steve um that's not my understanding of it. And, you know, I've got broad shoulders. Uh, all I focus on is getting people through whatever the process is, helping and supporting people to take the right attitude, if you like, to take the right run up, uh, to look at it and make a mature assessment of themselves. So if, you, if you've not done anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm hinting there at CPD. Uh, whether that's formal CPD at work, so continuous professional development or continuous personal development. Um, it's something that you can do, something you should be doing, something that you should have a meaningful CPD plan in place. And part of that is looking at you making a mature assessment of yourself from different perspectives around, in short, how are you improving? How are you actually getting better so that you can uh, tackle this goal this aspiration of promotion because that's what these processes do is they assess you and if you were to walk down the street uh, and you met three uh, individuals a couple of sergeants and an inspector who had been assessed under different um, promotion frameworks um, you know if you saw one uh, that had been assessed under the policing professional framework another one under the metropolitan leadership framework and someone else under the competency and values framework, would you know that just by talking to them or meeting them in the street? Clearly not. <laughs> so all these things are just, just um, change. They're just different ways of assessing you. And as a rite of passage, you know, I went through one form of process. So I went through Osprey, the old Osprey, uh, double parter, uh, and took the exams you know the sergeant's exam and you know if you want to swing the lamp here a little bit ages ago you know years ago you took the sergeant's exam and it was a split exam between um multiple choice and written comprehension so you know you got marks for showing your workings out and your thinking so things have come and changed uh, arguably for the better since then but whatever happens you know many people are saying that you know they don't care what it is it just isn't right when it comes to promotion assessment now unfortunately people like you know chief constables uh, the college of policing have to have processes in place and they try to do this as fairly as they can whatever the cacophony that kicks off around it it has to be defensible and it has to be shown to have been you know equitable and fair so far as you can now you can't as i've said we're talking about the holy grail what does that mean um it's you know it's difficult to escape finding a process 
certainly as you get on through the ranks, that doesn't involve an interview. And, you know, you'll know from listening to some of the interviews I've done on my podcast with senior officers, you know, a continuous work-based assessment kind of thing is probably as near to a good system as you can get, the best system you can get. But there are vast cohorts of people who disagree with that. So in the interim, with all these arguments on either side going on, what you do have is you have the, the process in place at the time you go for it. Uh, and sometimes, yes, you know, you prepare yourself for one process and they, you know, metaphorically pull the rug from underneath you. And all the feelings and, you know, disappointment and disheartening that goes with that. Uh, and, and to come back full circle, that's what this podcast is about, is I, 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 I receive emails, I have calls and texts and Facebook messages from officers with lots and lots and lots of queries. And many of those queries are the same. Uh, until, uh, and you know, I, I, I allude to on my site digital promotion toolkits that you can buy and download for yourself and just hit the ground running. So if you're serious about it, you can do that right now while you're listening to this uh, or after you've listened to this. Uh, you can download a toolkit and just crack on with preparing comprehensively and effectively for a promotion opportunity. Um, many people do that. Uh, it's as close as I think as to what you can get to, to what works. And I don't mean what works in, you know, being successful per se, but in terms of what works to get you thinking, because that's what you'll do in a promotion selection process, whether it's an assessment centre, whether it's an interview, whether you're putting together an application, or whether you're talking through a portfolio, whatever the system looks like in your force, you know, you have to be thinking about it. So my approach is to encourage you to think, uh, rather than trying to teach you something. Uh, and that's one of the criticisms is, you know, Individuals who get through promotion processes have had coaching or mentoring or they've been taught how to, you know, cope with buzzword bingo. And I, I hear that all the time. And, you know, to a certain extent, some of that might be true because there are buzzwords. There are always things in play at certain times. You know, the new normal is one of them. Um, but there are lots of others that, you know, you can uh, dream up or think up or get yourself a buzzword bingo card and tick them all off. The point being is, it's actually quite hard to get promoted and the people that do get through, in my experience, do significantly more work to be successful. And so what I mean is, if once you've downloaded a digital toolkit and worked through that kind of stuff, generally I find people have a whole different set of questions rather than those initial questions that everybody has so that they fire in by email saying, hey Steve, you know, we've got this type of interview in our force. Have you heard about that before? Or we do these particular types of questions. You know, do you know what they are? Or, you know, how do these differ from other forces? Well, that's all, all contained in the digital toolkit. Um, so, you know, there are resources and options available, whatever your process uh, and whether they pull the rug on you or not, Whatever the system or process is in place, you can find support. And if you can't find that in your force through various mechanisms or policies or procedures, then you can find it at ranksuccess.co.uk and take it from there. Um, so this, this conversation that, uh, or this email series that I've had is from an individual who actually attended uh, one of my promotion masterclasses early on this year. And 
Uh, if you want to attend one, the next one is on, or the last one of the year is on uh, Saturday the 30th of September. It's at the uh, National Motorcycle Museum in Birmingham. And it's a full day and uh, includes a digital promotion toolkit that will be sent to you as soon as you book so that you can hit the ground running and, and do some work uh, on the run-up to it. Okay, so <coughs> this, um, this email says, uh, I hope you're well. I came to one of your uh, conferences uh, earlier this year and it was really helpful to get a different perspective on promotion. It was my intention to apply for promotion again in force <coughs> in the next couple of months but recently my force have ripped up their process and implemented something new and I wondered what your perspective on this style is. So that was there's quite an interesting um, thing for me to be asked about my perspectives because I've just spent a bit of time telling you what that is and my history with it and officers are going for promotion often think well this is the first time it's ever happened not so and it happens in lots of different ways across various forces but this individual officer has asked me what do you think of this and the process um, that this force has adopted <coughs> is um, apparently or it's suggested is partly because of the feedback from the uh, police effectiveness and efficiency and legitimacy so that's peel uh, the Peel report, which is something that's done by Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services, uh, on themes around uh, performance, uh, but generally around those three pillars of effectiveness, efficiency and legitimacy. And they will produce a report, and what you might find as a candidate is, or what you're likely to find as a candidate is, if that report highlights areas for development or areas of concern, then funnily enough, your force selection process for promotion for candidates, for sergeants, inspectors, chief inspectors, may well be tweaked, adapted or amended to reflect the performance issues in there and what needs to improve. So if you bear that in mind, this is what this process has now changed to. And if it was indeed in relation to the Peel report, you can see, and I'll perhaps refer to a couple of points about how or why that may be. So um, the force process has been replaced with a, a kind of modular approach. And uh, the first one is a pre-promotion development phase, which consists of a five-day development program, which has been created for officers aspiring for promotion. So individuals, it says, should seek to attend this as soon as is practicable after notifying the HR department or workforce or leadership team of their intention to apply for a board. <coughs> Excuse me. The programme covers leadership skills alongside practical operational skills such as gatekeeping responsibilities and supervision of investigations. Bingo, bingo, bingo. There you go. There are the links to what the force needs to improve on and the way it's having to do this is to support, through a development program, individuals who want to get promoted by um, helping them uh, improve these areas or these skills. So gatekeeping responsibilities uh, relate to file standards, etc. And the supervision of investigations is not uncommon to this particular force. It's just something that occurs in... Um, Peel reports again and again and again and again and over time. So it just seems that, you know, in relation to driving up standards of investigation, and you bear in mind that effective investigation 
is a driver of public confidence. <coughs> um, you can see that this is an area in which this five-day development program for aspiring candidates is designed to um, help the force, help the improvement uh, in these areas and to upskill any candidates going for promotion in these areas. Uh, the second part of it is PDR, so Performance Development Review. Uh, progress towards promotion should be supported by supervision through the PDR process and regular one-to-one -one meetings. Officers should use this opportunity to understand development needs and to seek advice and guidance from supervisors. And they should discuss progress on their portfolio and readiness for promotion. So this is clearly strongly linked to PDR and uh, you will find at policepromotion.blog uh, my um, blog on um, PDRs, how they should be done, how they're not always done that way, what, the, you know, what a good one looks like and the kind of things that should be going in them. So PDR is something that's linked to it as a part of a module here or part of this overall process and clearly uh, supervisory input uh, is important as well and a component of this process. Uh, the next bit is buddies and mentors. Um, so there is a buddy or mentor um, complementary or supplementary approach to this and it says that whilst your own supervisor will be expected to provide guidance <coughs> and support your development, wherever practical, officers will be aligned to an independent, experienced buddy who will also be able to provide advice and guidance during the development phase. The force does not match officers to mentors, but there will be no issue with individuals seeking their own. And mentors shouldn't be sought above the rank of inspector. Um, so I assume this is for um, constables to sergeants. Um, and to ensure fairness, all officers are asked not to mentor anyone in the promotion process who is more than two ranks beneath them. So there's some guidance there, but the main point is there will be a buddy or mentor element or component part to this. Um, if you can find one, if you are assigned one. Um, so, you know, I think there's no issue with you finding your own, that's fine. But wherever possible, one will be assigned for you. So there is a indication there that the force are trying to support people um, outside or within this process, but outside of the formal application or interview part of the process. So trying to team up people who perhaps wouldn't have found a mentor or a buddy and perhaps someone to ask questions um, of as you go through the process. So on the whole, you know, a more supportive approach so far. And then you've got the next phase, which is the portfolio. And the force has created a portfolio document that officers should complete during their development phase. So during that five-day development um, course, plus their PDR, plus the buddies and mentors kind of thing, the portfolio must be completed. <coughs> and it provides an opportunity to detail relevant experience, create a development plan, and evidence behaviours relevant to the national competencies and values framework. So that's a CDF. So there's a portfolio there which needs to be compiled as an official document and it's important you remember that because that portfolio is discussed in the interview which I'm coming on to now. 
The next phase is applying for a promotion board. So promotion boards will be held regularly through the year and there will be an open advertisement on the system. So that's interesting that the, the boards will be held regularly through the year. So that's a slightly different approach there because generally it's you know once, maybe twice a year uh, and it's a big exercise for the force. So this appears to be um, designed to support um, a um, regular turnover, if you like, of opportunities to go for promotion. <coughs> and it says when you're ready to apply for a board, you should complete the online application and submit your portfolio of evidence. Now that portfolio of evidence is um, on the competency values, the CVF competency values. So um, I'm just flicking through these now. We take ownership, we're collaborative, we're emotionally aware and we're innovative and open-minded. So you'll need to collect your evidence in this force as a candidate against those. So we're back to that being more of a normal part of a process across lots of other forces where at any stage, if you aspire to promotion, you should be really documenting and making tangible your experiences on duty. Um, <coughs> if you're acting temporary or someone who's aspiring to promotion, at least writing down your supporting evidence that helps you make the case for you being considered uh, for promotion by your force. And it actually says there then that officers will be shortlisted and considered based on the evidence provided in the portfolio together with endorsement from local leadership team. So that's very much part of what happens without all the preceding elements. Maybe the PDR is involved, but certainly the five-day development program is new <coughs> and the, the formalisation of buddy and uh, mentor system is slightly different. So... Um, but again, coming back, you know, plus ça change, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Generally, it's just a different way of um, supporting candidates or having them go through this process to get promoted as a selection process. Um, and then, of course, the last stage is the promotion board. And this promotion board will be in two parts. And the first part is a discussion of the evidence you've provided in your portfolio. So the first part of the board will be that discussion around that. So if you've got good evidence, uh, this is where doing it properly as you come through the process will pay off in the end because you know your evidence, you were there, you did it, you've recorded it correctly. That reflects your efforts, your understanding, your decisions, your actions, your leadership actions, because that's what this is all about. And therefore, uh, there should be on the face of it, no worries or concerns with having a conversation about it. And I always encourage uh, candidates to think about a promotion interview or board as a professional conversation and nothing more and in this case it's based upon the portfolio that in this force the new process uh, requires of you now that's really on one way one perspective looking at that that's no different to a, an application uh, a competency-based application which happens in lots of other forces so you get given 250 to 500 sometimes 750 words for each competency and then you've got to lay out what you did um, what the situation was etc and what the outcomes or results were that you achieved or were involved in <coughs> excuse me i've got a bit of, bit of dust in my throat um 
So that's no different there, but the board, the first part of the board, is a discussion of that portfolio. So that's, on the face of it, there's no, there should be no great surprises in relation to that. Um, the second part of the board will consist of three structured questions that explore your practical and operational knowledge. And you'll be presented with a scenario and given two minutes to read it and take notes. And you'll then have up to eight minutes, uninterrupted, to outline your considerations, your options, and your recommended actions. So until that last element, I was thinking, well, okay, um, this is different within certain parameters. This is more supportive, which it is, because you've got that development phase put in, <coughs> and you've got the buddies and mentors element. But the, the portfolio, that's different, uh, and you're going to be encouraged to talk about it. But the board itself in two parts, um, that second part is around a, a presented with a scenario and given a couple of minutes to read it and make notes and then you've got eight minutes uninterrupted. So basically that's a presentation um, or a briefing, however you choose to interpret that. And again, I've only got very limited kind of details from a conversation here and notes. Um, <coughs> but this is just indicative of some of the changes that are happening and in this force, from this conversation, in this podcast, you're getting some insights from this particular um, conversation that I've had, from this particular force, about how things are done. Now, just to come back to that, what I would say is that, you know, there are different ways, as I've alluded to, uh, of doing all this and assessing people. And nobody's ever happy, nobody's ever happy with it, really. Uh, all people want to do is prepare to the best of their ability turn up do their best and hopefully <coughs> prevail and get through so it's frustrating when things change and i know and i see a lot of that what i would say is it seems in a way that this force are trying to provide more bespoke you know more tailored support uh, maybe or may not be in, re in relation to their previous or preceding peel report and probably other information around standards of first line supervision in the force and they're trying to establish a more robust and perhaps a fairer process. The five-day development um, module is new. Uh, and when I hear cops, lots of cops saying there is no support, it seems on the face of it that this is an improvement on that. So that five-day development, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want five days development as part of a process. Um and you know it's all part of your CPD, so and it's relevant to the goal that you're aspiring to. Um, the process is also linked to PDR, so good in that sense. Um, probably not so good if your relationship with your supervisor isn't as productive or as trusting or as um, I don't know dynamic as perhaps it should be and respectful as it should be, um, because supervisors are involved in readiness for promotion discussions. Um, arguably, they should be because they probably know you better than anybody else in your performance, but I'm aware there are arguments on the other side of that. Um, it, on the whole, I think that's a good thing, in my opinion, uh, but I know that in other forces this aspect has been put forward and argued as unfair to have to go via your supervisor to be supported for promotion uh, due to conflict um, with, with individuals who may... Uh, be biased or show favoritism or prevent you going for promotion for ulterior motives um, 
but you know that's that that's happened before but this is the process in this force and there are always arguments on both sides <coughs> um there's encouragement to find mentors so that's good um and an undertaking of sorts that where possible a buddy will be provided um or assigned to help during development for promotion and again i, I think that's good on the face of it but not everybody um will benefit in the same way from that so um some will find good mentors but not everybody's capable of, of and not everybody capable of mentoring may want to do it that's the other aspect you know if you've got if you're in a big force and i don't know what size this force is off the top of my head but you know if you've got hundreds of people going for motion you've got hundreds of mentors um you might not be able to find that many so uh you know some may find good mentors and in that way that could be unfair but you know a lot of this is around you look at the competencies we take ownership this is about you taking ownership of your career aspirations and making the best of the opportunity and the process that presents itself at this moment in time for you to have to navigate so um i think the portfolio bit will help supervisors see who is serious about going for promotion because they will be taking it seriously around recording and acquiring their evidence for progression uh, and moving them from point A, uh, aspiring to promotion, to point B, demonstrating via the portfolio that you are serious. And so therefore the portfolio needs to be taken seriously because it's used for discussion in the board phase, your promotion interview, <coughs> when you get through to that stage. Um, it doesn't say exactly how often the boards will be held in this force through the year, but it does perhaps indicate more opportunities for those who enter wholeheartedly into the process, the new process, to get promoted. So again, on the face of it, that's an improvement on having to wait another year uh, with the uncertainty of whether there will even be another board or a board that year. And, and the last two elements really are essentially what the process might look like elsewhere in other forces. So, you know, applying for a board and the board uh, with the presentation element so on the whole if you step back from it it seems a pretty robust system or process um, I can see that it may be disheartening for some people who were expecting something else um, but I think um, with the five-day development module uh, depending on the quality and the content of that support the force can say and argue that it offers a more of a high support and high challenge promotion process for those who actually wish to advance. So um, it's quite interesting when you look at, at, at things like that, that uh, just to come back full circle, you know, plus a change, the more things change, the more things stay the same, that the parameters might shift and the, all the goalposts might shift as officers say from time to time. But uh, on the whole, I, I encourage that officer to just, you know, uh, take a deep breath and just realign, absorb the process and go for that because that's all you can do at the end of the day. And some forces have pretty robust processes. Uh, and uh, I think there was one that had an inductive reasoning test, uh, a situational judgment test to get through. This is uh, probably over the last few years uh, to the process. Then a full application. So those were sifting elements. Then a full application, full competency application, that's six competencies of the CVF, um, perhaps mixed with one or two or three of the values. Uh, and then a full board, 
and a presentation and a briefing just to get to sergeant so uh, there's no point if you like as i had alluded to earlier on whinging or whining or moaning it doesn't do you any good at all what does you the best is do what i've just done grab hold of the best instructions you've got the best guidance look at the process clear the decks focus work out your priorities and try and get aligned to what it is that you'll need to navigate uh, and you know one of the good things around um, getting evidence is you, you're turning out to incidents all the time um, and so therefore you should be able to accumulate if you like meaningful evidence tangible evidence to support you for this process it's not difficult in that respect what's sometimes difficult for officers is making meaning of it in terms of aligning operational evidence um, which is assessed in this process uh, as well as you know your competency based evidence um, and so if you need help with that I alluded to my digital toolkits um, which you can download from ranksuccess.co.uk you'll find free podcasts on uh, Rank Success, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google however you choose to listen to your um, podcasts or you can find the podcast on my site via my site uh, I write free blogs on these issues and uh, also there is a free uh, YouTube channel with short um, videos in which I share food for thought. So, you know, today's process is just about, or today's podcast is just about the changes to processes or the process in one force for selection um, for promotion. Uh, just take a step back from it all and just have a look at it and just go, it doesn't really matter what the process is. They're going to try and assess um, or um, put you through some kind of meaningful process to see whether you know you've got what it takes you've got the evidence you're able to have that professional conversation and all of this of course is happening in often in an, a competitive environment so there are not as no, enough vacancies uh, but there are many more applicants and what you often find that isn't addressed with people who argue for promotion processes is how do you deal with competition if you've got 500 people going for promotion and you've only got 150 vacancies how do you run a meaningful, fair process to select the best from those and to appoint 150 people from them? No one ever has an answer to that. <laughs> and it's always kind of amuses me um, when no one ever tackles that, that kind of point. So what forces are trying to do uh, are trying to, to, to uh, employ meaningful, fair, robust processes to get the right people the rest of it once you're through the process well that's the start of your journey this is just a gateway to get through once you're successful that continuous professional and personal development journey never stops all the way through and hopefully you get to where you want to be which is you know helping cops as a supervisor become uh, the best cops that they can be uh, based upon using your own experience and guidance and accumulated expertise so I suppose there's not more, much more else for me to say. I'll probably be back with some more insights because I know there's a couple of other forces putting changes in. So until then, I'll be back with another podcast, but uh, take care and stay safe.